Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here on a Wednesday, on a day that felt somewhat normal. It was kind of fun. This morning, we got the chance. Uh, a few of us in the, in the local media, I, I call myself local media, even though I'm in, <laughs> I'm in Australia now, but we got the chance to talk to George Hill and Marvin Williams in a phone conference, in a video conference call with those guys just to catch up and see what they're doing, what they are up to. Uh, you know, these opportunities don't come as often as obviously they normally would during the season. So, you know, particularly at a time like this, it was really interesting to catch up with them. So that was fun. Uh, Of course, it was at 5 a.m. for me. So I did have to get up early uh, to jump in on this call and and ask a couple of questions to the guys. Uh, Before I jump into this, I I keep doing this and I keep reminding everyone, and hopefully it's not too annoying for the people that listen to the podcast every single day, uh, but we've been having a bunch of fun guests on the podcast. And yesterday, uh, we had Senior Vice President of the Bucks, Alex Lazary, jumped on. Uh, Second time he's been on this season, and it's always fun to have him on the podcast and get that sort of inside uh, front office ownership perspective uh, from him. He's always really generous with his time. So we were able to catch up about a bunch of things, including uh, the arena fund, uh, what the players are up to right now, the player welfare from a front office perspective, uh, free agency, the draft, all sorts of things. Are the players getting hoops? That was a question. Obviously, a number of fans uh, hit me up on Twitter about to to ask uh, Alex when we had that chat. So if you missed that one, go back. That was a lot of fun. But for today, uh, I wanted to try something different. And you guys know that uh, during this time, content is is getting a little difficult. We roll this podcast out every single day. Hopefully, uh, you've been getting some enjoyment out of this while you're stuck at home or for some of you still working and commuting uh, each and every day. Uh, But I wanted to try and bring some of the audio from this conversation into the podcast. I think for most Bucks fans and basketball fans in general, uh, not only do we miss the opportunity to see these guys play on the court, but we also miss the opportunity to hear their perspective, hear their voices, hear them talk about things that are going on. Now, of course, it's not about games right now. Unfortunately, we wish it was. But there were still plenty of interesting responses that came for these guys in, in regards to what's happening right now, what could happen in the future, and what happened over the, over the last month for these two uh, veteran box players in particular. So what I've done, I've cut up some of this audio. I'm going to throw to some of the responses from the players and then talk about uh, this a little bit here. So like I said, this is the first time I've tried this type of thing. Uh, let me know if you find uh, this type of content interesting. We don't get to talk to the players every day. But, you know, once a week every or once a fortnight here, we're getting a chance. So if this is something you guys are into, I can continue to roll out these types of pods as they happen and bring you some of the, some of the content from the players. But uh, the first bit of audio I want to throw to here, uh, we know that there's a bunch of players right across the, the league that are doing things for their communities. And the interesting thing about uh, George Hill and, and also Marvin Williams is that they're, they're not in Milwaukee. We know George Hill 
lives in San Antonio and Marvin Williams, as we'll get to as we roll through the podcast, is actually back in Charlotte now. It's been a, a, a crazy period for Marvin. Again, we'll touch on that. So first, I want to throw to George Hill discussing some of the things he's been doing within the San Antonio community because uh, he's been doing a, an incredible job of, of looking after those people in his hometown. I mean, for, for me, it's, it's a little different. You know, I'm based in San Antonio, so um, just trying to do as much as I can to help the first responders and things like that. So um, I, I'm good friends with the owner of a chicken uh, company here called Bush's Chicken um, named Tony Kane and Julio Salazar, who's been helping me um, orchestrate a bunch of things, but um, passed out 100 meals uh, to each station that I went to so far. So I went to a police substation, um, did 100 meals there. Um, I passed out 100 meals to three different other hospitals here for all the first responders and things like that. And then yesterday, um, I opened up a $1,000 tab at uh, these two popular restaurants here in the city for first responders to go in and show their badge or ID card and, and just get a meal on me. So um, been doing that, uh, just doing the best I can. You know, I'm supposed to this week um, reach out to one of the children homes here because I heard that they're in need of um, cleaning supplies and, and things like that. So um, a good friend of mine who is a big manager at Ferguson's uh, cleaning supply thing is going to help me orchestrate a bunch of things like that to to get a bunch of product and things that they need over there to the children's home. So just trying to do as much as I can to help, uh, especially in a crisis that we're going through. So we've been fortunate enough to see some stories come out online about George and what he's been able to do uh, at, at the place he lives. Of course, he didn't grow up there, but where he lives now. And it was funny, actually, they cut to Marvin Williams after this and he sort of laughed and said, uh, well, I, I haven't really had any time to, to do things for my community because I've been trying to figure out my own life. And uh, I, I got the opportunity to ask Marvin about what this last month has looked like for him. And his answer was, you know, a, about what you would expect. It's been crazy. He was, uh, of course, bought out from the Charlotte Hornets, signed with the Milwaukee Bucks, played a few games. All-Star break was thrown in between there and just starting to get settled, starting to play some pretty good basketball. And then this all happened. So here's Marvin on what this uh, period has been like for him. Man, uh, it's been the most interesting probably couple months of my NBA career, uh, to say the least. Um, obviously, you, you sign with Milwaukee, and then what I played in the game, George, and, at Indiana, and then go to the All-Star break for a week, come back, get a couple weeks under my belt, I get out of the hotel, finally find a place to stay, get my family up to Milwaukee, and then this happens. So we're in Milwaukee for a couple of weeks, and then we're still not playing, so we decide to come all the way back to Charlotte. So now we're all the way back in Charlotte, finally trying to get settled here now. So uh, it's been a whirlwind, obviously, but um, Milwaukee has been first class, man, to say the least. Uh, for my teammates, starting with George, uh, all the guys down the line, man, they've been so welcoming to me, so welcoming to my family. The organization has been first class and taking care of us and our family. Uh, they're still checking on us every single day here, making sure that we don't need anything. Uh, so I'm definitely thankful for the opportunity, but uh, it's a little a little unfortunate timing, obviously. But like I said, man, when, it, when it gets time to get started again, I think we'll be ready. Um, like like Marv said, it's been a whirlwind. Um, every day you you have your set schedule, what you're used to, waking up, going to the gym, workout, being around your teammates. Um, like Marv said, we're a big family. Our team, we all get along. We all enjoy being around each other, practicing, um, throwing ideas off of each other. 
so to not have that is it, it's weird. It, it feels it, it doesn't feel right. Um, but you know, everyone's so separated now, and like Marv said, it's tough. You know, waking up every day, not being able to have that ball and do the things that we enjoy doing every day that we've built our whole life around. Um, now I'm back in Texas, and it seems like I'm so far away. And the the, the bad part is just not knowing. Um, you wake up every morning not knowing if you're going to play again this year or not. Um, so it's kind of like, like, like the lockout was totally different because you knew that eventually something may happen at this day or this week. Right now, we don't know. Um, we're just up in the air. We don't know where life has taken us. So it's hard to stay motivated to train every day. Uh, not knowing what's you know in the future, what what's behold uh, after that wall gets knocked down. So um, you're just trying to you know reach out to people and stay motivated, keep in contact with your teammates, and uh, to continue to keep that bond. So if things were to get right, you know we can still hit the ground running and finish this amazing season that we're having so far. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you catch up on some old games, sometimes you just need what you need to be delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery deliveries and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I didn't even have to worry about where to go to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code locked on NBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. It was interesting for me to hear George Hill at the end of that little spot there where he answered the, the question as well because uh, George speaks about the routine that these guys go through on a daily basis and I don't think that that's something that that should be looked over. I mean, these guys are, in many ways, athletic machines. They understand what they do day in, day out, and particularly for this period of the year in April where they should be or expect to be playing playoff basketball, it's, it's, a, it's a really difficult thing to get your mind out of. So uh, for George to speak about that, even though he is at home, he's set up, he's organized, he's got this place, this house out in San Antonio, the ranch that uh, he can go back and be comfortable but it's still the routine factor that's big for him. But uh, for Marvin, you know, the thing I think about when I think about Marvin Williams and, and what he, he brought to this team, remember how excited everyone was for him to come into the team. This is a guy that's still an excellent defender, a guy that shoots the three well. And it was interesting. He was just starting to find his feet, I thought, 29% from three across his 11 appearances with the Bucks. Not great, but he spoke a lot through those few weeks to us about trying to get acclimated, trying to feel comfortable, trying to get used to playing with a guy like Giannis. And mostly he would laugh and say, trying to stay out of the way because he's coming into a team that was on 70 win pace at the time and he doesn't want to mess that up. It's, you know, I mentioned before the game, before the All-Star break and uh, I was there in Indianapolis where he, he came on, he made his uh, debut, did a couple of really nice things in that game, but then all of a sudden now had another week off with the All-Star break. 
came back and the, the good signs that I thought we were seeing from him, the game that stands out for me was the game in Toronto. We know the Bucks were able to pull off a really big win. They come from behind win. They were down by double digits in the second quarter in that game. But Marvin Williams, his ability to defend Pascal Siakam on multiple possessions, uh, we spoke about it a lot on this podcast. This was a guy that was effectively replacing Ersan Ungasova with the minutes he was playing. And uh, especially from a defensive point of view, it just provided so much more versatility uh, to that team and to that second unit. And they were able to bring him in and play him in big defensive spots. I mean, still to this day, uh, a, a great addition for this team. We hope uh, that he, we get the chance to see him play again for the Bucks. Obviously, he's going to be a free agent at the end of this season, so we don't know what the future holds for Marvin. But um, just a little bit of insight there into what is already normally for these guys such a difficult time to be traded or to be moved at that point of the season and still be on the road with the team and trying to organize your life and your family uh, behind you. And he's effectively gone from Charlotte to Milwaukee to on the road to back to Milwaukee. Oh, now there's a pandemic. Okay, let's get back to Charlotte. Um, crazy, crazy uh, times for Marvin Williams over the last few weeks. There's no doubt about that. On to this season, though, and how the guys are feeling in regards to the season either going ahead or not going ahead. Uh, I think the the two words... They keep coming out on Twitter that we see from reporters. The league is optimistic, and now the league is pessimistic. I keep saying this. It's too early to tell right now. We don't know what is going to happen over the next month, particularly in the United States when we see uh, the number of cases that are happening over there. And you know, you have to question how you're going to be able to get a league running through all this. So uh, right now, from my perspective, it's, it's completely up in the air. We've still got time, and I think we're probably at least a month away from having a clear picture, particularly as things start to, op- start to open up in the US, you're probably going to have to wait another month after that to see the real effect of what that, that brings and these people getting back to some sort of normalcy. I think you're going to have to sit and wait and see what the, the numbers say after that. And then from there, you're either going to be able to progress or you're going to have to come backwards. That's, that's the reality of this. So uh, this question was asked a friend of, friend of mine that, that uh, covers a lot of games in Milwaukee, Steve Ashburner for NBA.com. He asked the guys whether they are feeling optimistic or pessimistic about the season rolling on from here. Uh, I, I kind um, I'm, I'm a little 50-50. Um, we really don't know what's going on. I, I can't predict it. Uh, but what I say is, um, I think life itself is bigger than the money aspect of the game. So, um, you know, yes, as as competitors and athletes, we want to play this season. Um, but I feel like if if more lives are in jeopardy, then I can care less about the season. I, I'd rather help, you know, keep everyone safe and sound. All our families, our kids, our wives, our, our mother-in-laws and grandparents and things like that. So, um, for me, it, it's up in the air. But um, whatever they do or whatever they think that is going to be the best uh, decision for not just us as athletes, but us as human beings, um, us as a whole, you know, um, a world, I think that's the best thing. Um, basketball is just something temporary that we do and we're blessed to do. But um, life is way more precious than this ball that we play in. Um, if that's the case, uh, cancel a season. Yes, I, as an athlete, I will be upset. Um, but at the same time, we can't do anything about it. I think it will be the best decision for that. And if we play, you know, I'm, I'm excited to play again and get back on that court. I think we had something special going and love to finish it. But 
um, like I said, life itself is way more precious than this game that we're playing. And um, I just want everyone to stay safe and, and go from there. Yeah, I think Georgia Day on the head. Uh, I think he's exactly right. I think, you know, life is much bigger than basketball. And I think the number one thing that everyone should be concerned about is people's safety. And I'm not talking about athletes. I'm talking about, like, people in the world. Like, this is a real problem that we're dealing with right now. And I think safety first is the most important thing. I mean, obviously, we've been incredibly blessed to be in the situation that we're in to play basketball and to be in the situation that we're in during the season. But at the end of the day, it's just about keeping people safe. So um, I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, we'll be ready for whatever. But I think the thing that everyone is most focused on right now is, is just keeping people safe and healthy. There's no doubt. I, I think the biggest thing for me coming out of those responses from the guys is the family aspect of this. And this is something that very often looked over and i think the reason for that is that we look at these athletes as millionaire superstars that are out there they're playing basketball and that's all they do and that's not the case that's not always the truth i think both guys here veteran guys they've both got kids they've both got family that they're trying to look after and their health and safety is number one in their mind so uh, i think that the insight that we get here we see what this means to these guys and to just assume that they're going to go out there and put themselves at risk or put anyone at risk to play basketball because of the money involved is not always going to be the case. And uh, I think the thing that makes it even more so difficult for these two guys and maybe the Milwaukee Bucks in general is the fact that the season that they're having and the fact that they're on track for, you know, 68, 69 wins at the end of the regular season to have the best record in the NBA for the second time in a row to get that opportunity for redemption from last season in the Eastern Conference Finals, it's hard not to look at this season and see it slipping away as a missed opportunity. And this was the next question that was asked to the guys because, yes, health and safety obviously is first in everyone's mind, but somewhere in the back there for everyone, including me, as, as who covers the team, enjoys watching the team and, and all the fans out there, we want everyone to be healthy. We want everyone to be safe. But there is that just that little thing in the back of your mind that's reminding you that, hey, this team had a chance to win a title this year or has a chance to win a title this year. So this was the next question that was thrown to the guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's difficult. Uh, I think it's difficult for, for everyone in the sporting world, um, not just basketball. Uh, like George said, as, as athletes, you know, it's kind of what we do. So to be away from what we do, is, it's tough. You know, this situation is a little different than the lockout. You know, when the lockout happened... You know, we weren't allowed to, to work out of our facilities or whatever the case may be, but we literally cannot play basketball. Like, we can't go anywhere. You can still go somewhere else and work out or train, but like George said, we're scrambling to try to even find places to train, you know, just to stay safe, to keep our distance, whatever the case may be. So uh, it is tough, but again, like, when you're putting people's health first and people's families first, I mean, you, you kind of you put things in, in, in perspective. So I think everyone's keeping that in mind, but... It is going to be tough to know the, the position that we're in. You know, we just kind of have to sit and wait and just stay as ready as we can. You know, like like we've been saying, the, the health and the safety is way more important. And, you know, I think our fan base uh, will understand if the season didn't come back. I, I feel like, yes, we have a, a handful and a, and a numerous, or well, a lot of, you know, fans out there, not just as Buck fans, but NBA fans. But I, I think the world is bigger than just the NBA fans. And, um you know, to, to our fans, it would be exciting to get the season back and up and going and, and give something to, to watch on TV and things like that. But if it's the cost of safety and health, um, that's what we have to ask. Is, is it worth it? Is, is it worth putting yourself on the line, putting your family, your kids on the line, 
to make a couple more dollars. Um, for me personally, no. Um, I've never grew up with money, and I don't uh, define my life around money. I, I define my life around happiness, um, being safe, being able to enjoy life, and uh, try to live this life a long time. So um, I'm sure all our fans will understand if things don't get back up and running the way it is, and I'm sure they will understand if it does. But uh, like Marvin said, we're here. We're just waiting. Um, hopefully we get that call, either good or bad, and you have to accept it and move on. And Certainly from that response from George Hill in particular, he, he again doubles down on the family aspect of this, the fact that this is more than money and he's not looking to go out and, and play basketball if it's going to mean that his family uh, has to go through any type of uh, danger or threat to their health and, and safety. And one of the interesting things to come out of this chat from uh, with, the, with the two guys is the fact that George Hill revealed that he's wife's grandmother who is 85 years old actually contracted the virus and uh, fortunately has been able to come through and she's healthy now uh, he said that she's doing really well and she was able to fight it off but at times her fever got up to 106 degrees he said uh, she lost her sense of smell and taste and was knocked around by this as we're seeing so many thousands and thousands of people are around the world and I think that for a lot of people unfortunately for me it hasn't touch me on a, on a personal level yet but there's there's so many people that are being affected by this at such a, a first-hand close level and you know when I look at the answers that George Hill's given from this conversation today uh, this is a guy that regardless is going to care about health and safety that's the type of person he is but the fact that it's hit so close to home uh, there's no question that you have to understand where he's coming from and I just I think that this personal touch that's that's going to affect so many players around the league is going to influence their wants or desire or desperation to get back and play basketball. It's very clear both these guys want to play the game and they want to be back out there wearing a Bucks uniform, but um, it's also such a big deal away from the game, a global pandemic, that it's a health and safety issue. And I think that that was the fact that these two guys both kept coming back to that. And for those that listened to the podcast we had with Darvin Ham uh, just last week, his mother as well also contracted the virus and, and was doing well when we spoke. So, you know, this isn't something that the NBA is able to escape. They're not some miracle organization where this doesn't affect people. We've seen players contract the virus. Obviously, that was the reason the season came down. So it's just a, a really big reminder here when you hear this, from someone like George Hill, who's putting it all into perspective. And he's like, yeah, I really, really want to play basketball. We were doing something special, but I've also just seen my wife's grandmother really, really sick with this virus. And I don't want my wife to be that way. I don't want to be that way. I don't want my kids to be that way. And and that that's the biggest thing. And for me, it's still hard to go past that and get beyond that when I think about the season starting again. In regards to the season starting again, no, I mean, it's looking increasingly likely that if it's going to happen, there's going to be a hub. There's going to be a central location where the players are situated. They're put in this location where people can be quarantined, where they can be away from the public, where they can be safe, where they can access testing. Perhaps that's something that, that the league is continuing to work through. Uh, both guys here were just asked, what have you, what's your thoughts on the hub? Have you given any thoughts to the hub? And we'll start with Marvin Williams uh, on what he thinks could potentially play out in regards to this kind of central quarantined 
location, whether it's Vegas, Disney, wherever it is? Uh, I don't know. I guess I haven't thought much about it. <laughs> Honestly, I think as long as I, I think as a player, and I think most players would say, as long as everyone is okay, I think guys are willing to do whatever we have to do to play. Uh, but I still think the minute that things might not be okay or someone else could get sick or whatever the case may be, I think that's when guys will be a little skeptical of anything. But I think as long as everyone is safe, I feel like guys would be willing to do whatever we have to do to, to make a run at it. I mean, for sure. If, if there's a there's a way, it'll be cool. But um, to say to go to Vegas and stay in a hotel for a month and a half, I was thinking, like, I don't think it's possible. You know, I think, you know, tourists and people are going to be there, and it's hard to sit in your house, let alone for three weeks and a month, to sit in Vegas in the hot weather for a month and a half. So, um, you know, I think the idea is cool if it can be possible to do. I think it's very hard to do, and, you know, I'm sure they're doing all they can to try to get the logistics behind it to, to try to make it happen, but... I think it's a, a hard thing to do, but um, like Marv said, if there's a way that we can do it, I would, would love to, to try it and get back out there as long as everyone's safe. That's that's my biggest thing. I want everyone to stay safe. I don't want me to be contacted by something and I take it home to my wife, my kids, mm -hmm. my parents-in-law. You know, my, my wife's mom, uh, grandmother just had the coronavirus. She was 85 years old and um, by the grace of God, she she beat it. So, um, but who knows if if that happens again? So I, I just don't want you know those things to happen again, especially for other people that may not be able to to beat it. And if that's the case, then it's not worth it. But if we can make it happen and everyone stays safe, I'm, I'm all for it. Of course, one of the interesting things, if they do go down the path of having a hub, is uh, the fact that there's going to be no fans and we don't know. And something we spoke a lot about on the podcast, Frank and myself and a number of other people that have been on is the fact that until there's some kind of vaccine, until there's some type of way of protecting the people in large groups from uh, being at the event and, and getting sick, it's going to be really hard to imagine fans being allowed into these arenas, into concerts, into festivals, into any large scale events. So that's going to mean no fans. And it's interesting to hear the response of the guys here. They were asked about the possibility of playing games with no fans. I think that's probably the, going to be the number one toughest thing um, to go out there and do what you do every day and to compete and stuff. You, you pretty much do it for your at-home fans and your fans like that um, to, to try to go out there and play a playoff basketball game with no sense of fan or environment um that that's tough you know i think a lot of your emotion a lot of your uh things that you do on that court comes from the crowd comes from your fans and um it, it it'll be hard to to go out there and hear crickets while you're going on a run um i think it'll start to feel like we're just having a practice um when you're just in your gym and you're playing against the white squad versus the black squad, um, knowing that it's not, but it will have that feel with no fans. Uh, that's the only thing that I can relate it to, that we're practicing doing a five-on-five -five transition drill or whatever it is because we have no fans. So that would be the toughest thing. I, I've never experienced no fans in any um, place that I played from middle school, high school to college to NBA. 
we always had a packed house and it'll be tough to to give that part up hearing these guys talk about the no fans thing is is so interesting to me i know i've mentioned this before in the pod but uh over here in australia just when i got back home they were playing the nbl grand final series so the equivalent of the nba finals for the australian league here uh, which is generally a, a five a best of five game series they actually only got through three games before they decided to cancel it but games two and games three of that series were played with no fans. And uh, it was a very, very strange thing to watch. And, you know, even from my perspective, streaming this thing online, uh, and by the way, there was a pretty good Bucks connection with this game. Andrew Bogut played for Sydney Kings and uh, Miles Plumley also played for the Perth Wildcats. And Perth, for those that are wondering, ended up taking the series two to one, even though it wasn't completed, they were awarded the championship. But... Uh, there's no question, as Marvin said, it's going to be a little bit awkward. Like George Hill said, he hasn't done this ever, played in front of no fans, and it's hard to to generate that atmosphere, to generate that excitement uh, with no fans. I mean, the fans are what makes home court advantage such a big deal. I mean, sure, there's the travel, but it's the the raucous atmosphere inside Fireside Forum. It's the crowd. It's the pressure that that builds, the momentum that helps the team get. To play without fans completely changes everything and also just the fact there's plays out there that purely feed off that energy that the crowd brings. So who is going to have the ability to thrive in an arena with no fans? I don't know. I mean, this is something that generally is going to have to be worked through and it's going to be strange. And it could completely throw the, the balance of who's favorite, who's not, which team can perform in this situation better. It's going to throw it all up in the air. So it was interesting uh, to hear those guys' perspective uh, from that point of view. But uh, that was the best bits from our chat today. Uh, certainly, you'll probably see some stories that will come out regarding uh, this conference. But I also just think some people enjoy listening to things better than they do reading. And uh, I wanted to try something new. So again, hopefully, you got some enjoyment out of this. It was a new thing for me. So I'm just testing it out on the fly here. We're trying to uh, adjust as we go. Uh, once again, I always thank all you guys for listening to the podcast. You Keeping me going, there's no doubt about that. And uh, as always, you can get us at Locked On Bucks on Twitter or myself at Kane Pittman on Twitter. Don't forget, uh, we still have to finish off our awards discussion. Frank is going to be back. We we talked about the MVP last season. If you missed that, you can go back and listen to that. But outside of that, Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, All NBA teams. There's plenty more to discuss. Plus, uh, you know, there's going to be more guests coming on. I've got a couple of guys in my back pocket that I'm trying to get over the line. Uh, Hopefully it's going to be a lot of fun over the next few weeks here. Thanks again for listening to everyone. I will be back tomorrow. More Locked On Bucks, 4K Pittman, myself. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.